0: We want you guys to join with us, please, as we get ready to uh, to praise Jesus. Amen. In this house this morning. Lord, we just pray that you have your way in this place this morning. God, we pray that you move mightily. God, I pray that every heart in this building, Lord, that came heavy or heavy burden, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help them, Lord, to leave not the same way they came, Lord. Lord, I just pray that your presence would enter into this room, God. Lord, that you would shift the atmosphere, Jesus.
1: Shout out your prayers
0: These are
2: worship is pleasing to you, Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Let
1: it be Thank you, sweet,
2: Jesus. Sweet be lifted up. Be exalted, O God.
1: In Thank
2: you, Lord. Name. Hallelujah, Lord. God, we exalt you this morning. God, we lift you up this morning. God, you are worthy. It is by your blood that we enter into the throne room. It is by your blood that we stand before you and worship you this morning. God, we exalt you. Jesus, be lifted up in this place. Be exalted in this place, oh God. We worship you and we honor you this morning. God, we glorify your name. I want to stay in that spirit of worship this morning and we're going to pray. And the prayer topics at Life Church, we believe in prayer prayer is what moves us forward, prayer is what changes lives, prayer is what motivates us around the mission of Jesus. This morning we're going to pray for healing and deliverance. Healing and deliverance this morning we're going to pray for spiritual revival and we're going to pray for gift and ministries to be birthed. So why don't you join with me this morning. Are you ready to pray? God we come before you this morning and we pray for healing and deliverance God right now maybe you know people in bondage maybe you know people in addiction call out their name right now as we're in the throne room as we're standing before your glory God we pray we intercede for people that are bound up in petty sins we intercede for people that are bound up in addiction we intercede for those that are trapped in the bondage of cigarettes we break that off of people right now right now Lord this is an atmosphere of freedom right now this is an atmosphere god for people to be delivered from the petty sins right now god we ask that you release freedom from the bondage from the and you let you set the captive free god lord as we're in an atmosphere of the holy we're in an atmosphere of deliverance god we pray lord that you set the captive free we pray you bring about deliverance this morning god we ask you lord to deliver us from the bitterness deliver us from bondage deliver us from unforgiveness god work in our heart god bring us to reconcile with with people god bring us to reconciliation god bring about deliverance in our lives oh lord lord bring about healing There's many of us in this room that need healing. God, mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing. God, do it all right now in Jesus' name. God, bring about healing. You are the great physician. God, signs, miracles, and wonders would follow. God, bring about healing this morning god bring about healing from the small to the big god from headaches to cancer do it all this morning in jesus name god from the flu god to lymphoma do it all in jesus name god we pray you bring about healing this morning oh god bring about healing emotionally spiritually physically god do it all lord we believe in revival God, we believe in revival. God, revive the church. Awaken the church. God, bring about a revival. Bring about a move of God that is so powerful, it closes down bars. Bring about a move of God that is so powerful, it shuts down brothels. Bring about a move of God that reveals pedophile rings. God, that shuts down sex trafficking God. Bring about revival that changes the hearts of men, oh God revival. God, give us the wisdom and the knowledge to steward revival. God, when it hits, God, give us the structure and the ability to to be able to be able to be evident facilitate the move of god so that it changes lives so that it brings about healing that it brings about deliverance that it brings about change in men's lives god it awakens dead men god that it awakens dead bones lord we pray a revival that lost or awakened a revival that the heroin addict is set free a revival that brings about the man who's trapped in bitterness and unforgiveness and he's set free from that god and reconciliation and families are redeemed and brought back together god bring about a spiritual revival that changes the moral compass of a region god jesus we pray we believe we believe you're a god that dwells among us God, you told Israel, I will be your God, you will be my people, and I will dwell in your midst. And we're asking you to dwell in our midst. God, we're asking you to dwell among us. We're asking to be a people that host your presence. We're asking to be a people that host your glory. And we promise we will go after you with everything we got. God, bring revival. Father, we pray that you would, you would send gifts and ministries, God. Lord, new ministries would raise up, God. People would be burdened with a call place the call god mark us mark us mark us mark us this morning mark us this morning that we're called of jesus that we're centered around the mission of jesus that we send out missionaries that we plant churches god lord that we start new ministries god lord that the gifts would flow in the church god prophecy would be released tongues and interpretation would be released god we want to see a healthy active church that is active in the gifts, God. Lord, we're here for you, God. We come here to meet with you, God. We're here to meet with God. We're here to meet with you, Jesus. Let's just sing that chorus one more time. I love you, Lord. Let's go back into that right now. Let's just posture our heart before we move on. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. God, I love you, Lord. Yes. Just join in and let that be your heart's cry this morning. Right now, just that's your response to Jesus. God, I love you. It's so simple, God, but I love you. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, because you're holy. I love you because you delivered me. I love you because you redeemed me. I love you because you set me free. Yes, God.
1: Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Yes, God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
2: Thank you, Lord. God, we're open to your moving today. God, we want what you want. Jesus name if you agree with those prayers why don't you give the Lord a hand of clap of praise and tell somebody get ready this morning tell them look at somebody and say get ready get ready get ready as you find your seat welcome somebody to service this morning tell them hello hug their neck we want to welcome everyone watching by live stream we're so glad you joined us this morning We're glad you're here with us today. And everybody who decided to be with us, we're so glad you're here. We want to welcome you to service. We're so glad you're here. And if this is your first time with us, we want to welcome you to church this morning. For those of you who it is your first time, I'm Josh. I'm one of the associate pastors on staff here at Life Church. I'm so glad you decided to be with us. If it is your first time after service, we ask that you visit the Welcome Center. We got a special gift. The Welcome Center is the desk in the lobby with the big letters that say Welcome Center. So we want you to visit the welcome center we got a special gift for you a free gift we'd like to get to know you and help you find your place in our church and and in God's kingdom we're so glad that you've joined us this morning I do have a couple reminders I just want to remind everybody about as we move into August and we get ready for school uh summer's coming to a close and uh you know that's good and bad but you know what the kids are going to go back to school amen glory to God Hey, as we move into August, look, we got so many things coming up. We're going to be launching groups. It's going to launch on August, the weekend of August 27th. So we're excited about that. We've been working diligently to build the infrastructure for groups and give you guys an opportunity to connect with God, but also connect with each other in community. And you know what? When we launch groups, uh, we're going to be offering, groups are going to be facilitated uh, in different geographical locations. Because we're a church where people come from all over. So we're going to be offering groups for you guys to connect with each other in Youngsville, Lafayette, Crowley, Rain, and Indian Bayou. So you'll have different places to connect. And we're also, they'll be offered at different times on the weekend. So we're going to be encouraging you guys to get connected. Because what groups are going to look like, it's going to be a simple formula. We're going to come together over a meal. It's going to be five to ten families. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to have some type of faith discussion and we're going to spend time with each other because at Life Church, our mission is to connect with God and connect with each other, to grow in God and to go into all the world and to go into our community and reach people for Jesus. So that's the purpose of groups. That's the purpose of the infrastructure of groups. And we're excited about that coming up in August. Also, uh, August 7th, which is next Sunday, we're going to be doing coffee and community again, our fellowship. Listen, that is so awesome, because last time we did it, I got to connect with um, Skylar. Skylar's an individual in the church who's serving in children's ministry, and we had a cup of coffee together, and I hadn't seen him, but you know what? He's a, he's a face that I see every week, but man, I got to hear his story. I got to talk to him, so I encourage you guys, come early, grab a cup of coffee, connect with a face that you haven't seen, you don't know. Well, you've probably seen the face, but you may not know the individual. But you know what? Connect with somebody, because that's what we want to do at Life Church. We want to connect with God and connect with each other. And lastly, we've got our Ignite Conference. That's coming up. That's going to be August 19th through the 21st. But what I'm, we're calling the church to a fast that week. So August 14th through the 19th, we're calling you guys to fast with us and believe that God is going to do great and powerful things through that. And for those of you who don't know, there's three types of fast. Real quick, you can do an absolute fast, which is just water. You can do a partial fast where you skip a meal. You skip different types of food. You, you block it out of your body. Or you can do a Daniel fast where you just eat all the stuff that's good for you, but don't taste good at all. Come on, somebody. Somebody. Uh, but either way, you know, fasting is when you set aside food and you decide not to eat and you say, I'm going to take this time to read. I'm going to take this time to pursue God. I'm going to take this time to pursue God with everything I have. And so we're believing that God's going to move powerfully that weekend. And we're calling you to fast that week. And um, last Wednesday, I did a teaching on fasting, so you can go to our website, you can look at that, uh, learn more about fasting. But we encourage you, if you've never done it before, I promise you, God's going to move powerfully in your life. If you've never done it before, I encourage you to join us in that time. Hey, Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. We have four opportunities for you to give here at Life Church. We've got boxes on the back wall. We've got a giving feature on our website. We've got a text to give feature and we've also got an app. We want you guys to be afforded every opportunity to partner with the Lord in giving. Hey, turn your turn your attention to the screen. We got a video for you guys this morning.
3: When you look at the declining educational standards, the high crime rate, uh, the disintegration of our families, the the record rates of drug overdoses and suicides, exploding homeless populations, the gun violence in in our cities, the racial polarization, it's hard to, to have hope. Things look scary. But I say there is hope. Generations before us survived wars, frankly speaking. I mean they had world wars and economic depressions, they had natural disasters, the pandemics. They survived. I say we can do it too. Okay? But first we we cannot change what we refuse to face. So that's where we start. And secondly, we we got to have faith. Faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things we cannot see. What do we hope for? Racial harmony. We hope for healthy families, safe cities. It, it is hope that births new dreams. So, so faith, is that it? Mm, no. Faith without works is dead. It means that real faith causes you to do something. Real faith says, You know what? I'm going to reach out to invite this white guy, this white neighbor of mine, for a cup of tea because I refuse to believe that he is irredeemably racist. You know? Real Faith says, calls your son, and says, son, son, you're a strange son, son. I I, I didn't know how to be a dad. Will, Will you allow me to try again? Real faith means we roll up our sleeves and choose to rise from the vestiges of hopelessness, of victimhood, of of apathy, of tribalism. Real faith says together, we can daringly turn a page to a new future.
4: How many of you have faith? Amen. Well, I want to just tell you, I'm really anxiously looking forward to Dr. Dennis being with us. Uh, My wife, Amanda, and I went to Houston uh, Friday afternoon, just kind of a spur of the moment. And Dr. Dennis was ministering in a very small church. Uh, I say small church. There's a fellowship hall of a Presbyterian church that uh, another church called Church on the Move, Uh, was using and so on saturday morning at nine o'clock um the room started filling up and next thing you know they're bringing out more chairs and more chairs and more chairs and 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 dr dennis bring brother jerry can you bring these lights down just a hair they're blinding me so they're probably blinding everybody else out there off my head but uh anyway um uh the um it's on the it's on the light board over on the far side there you go. Anyway, um, uh, Dr. Dennis was ministering, and we had the opportunity to have dinner with him and some other people Friday night. That's good. Maybe a little more. I don't know. You, find, you figure it out. And, I, and, you know, I'm like deer in the headlights right now. I'm still have, trying to focus. Um, but anyway, we had the opportunity to have dinner that night and got to know them better and uh, part of their team, and then they ministered that morning. Uh, he taught for about an hour and 45 minutes, then we had a break, then we did question and answers and ministry time. And brothers and sisters, it was just right on. And I've never met a more humble man. Um, he's, As I said, he's preached in 84 countries, uh, three doctors, two masters. I mean, it's just, um, but so humble. And he is so excited about coming to Lafayette. Uh, The only place I think he's been in Louisiana is Shreveport. I said, that's not Louisiana. That's just, that's almost like Texas up there, you know. I mean, it's just a few miles away. I said, when you come to South Louisiana, it'll be 85 countries you've been to. (laughs) And I said, things are a little different down here. And so, uh, uh, but the ministry was right on. And the teaching was phenomenal. It wasn't anything new. It was just the way it was presented uh, you know, somebody can say something over and over again, and somebody else can say the same thing, and all of a sudden you go, wow, did you hear that? That's just the way it was. And But the ministry time and the prophetic ministry was so exact and so right on. Uh, I wish I could just sit here and tell you all about that. But I'm excited about uh, this message, and, and in fact... Before I, before we even left, it, again it was a spur of the moment. I just said to my wife, I said, "What do you think about going to Houston tomorrow?" <laughs> and we're thinking all the things we got to do, and it, is, it usually is when you're trying to leave town, a hundred things, hundred things pop up. You know how that is, right? Anybody know? You're trying to go on vacation. What happens? Everything that unexpected comes up. But we knew it was of the Lord, and we went. And I had the message prepared. God had spoken to me during the week, uh, and I was really excited. I th- thought I had it ma- main, mainly laid out, and on the way there, the Holy Spirit spoke to me something, and then at the end of the meeting yesterday, he confirmed it, that it was also to be a part. So I had to go to Houston to get the last part of this message, you know, so Anyway. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36 through 47. And let's just get into this. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood Behind him, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with their hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisees, and if you don't know who a Pharisee is, that's a religious person. So see, there's lots of churches have Pharisees. None here. I'm just trying to put it into context. (laughs) He said, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. And Jesus answered him. Now, this is interesting because he said to himself, and Jesus answers him. I've never seen that before until, like, yesterday. I'm like... He's talking to himself or he's talking and Jesus answers him like, Ooh, have you ever had Jesus talk to you like that? You're thinking something and then the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you're like, you were listening, God. (laughs) And, and and so he goes and says, Jesus answered him saying, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me teacher. He said, he said, he said, he said, Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. Would you suppose or would you know? Come on now. If you owed $500,000 and, and somebody else owed $100 and the person forgave you $500,000, who do you suppose would love the guy more? You know, there's no supposing, but, you know, but this is the way we, we, we do things with God, you know. And, and Simon says, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven, and you have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from t- from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore... I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And the title of the message is God's Wounded Warriors. Now I know this may sound a little strange. This is the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me. God's Wounded Warriors. They come from every walk of life. Some people... Are hurt by other people within the church. Sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's unintentional. And some of these wounded warriors are those that walked, once walked with the Lord. Now, I'm just, just stop right here for a second. How many of you know somebody who once walked with the Lord but is away from God because of hurt or? something in their lives that happened to them let me see your hands hold them up high look around look around the house look three-fourths or more of this building's got their hands up i'm telling you that's telling me something what god's getting ready to do and, and that's what i want to share with you some of these wounded warriors are those that walked with jesus but maybe fell in a moral failure Or maybe experienced divorce and felt ostracized by the church. Or maybe they fell into alcohol abuse or drug abuse or pornography. Or maybe they had a relationship that went sour and bitterness and feelings of betrayal crept in. And they put up walls around them saying, I will never let anyone hurt me again. And the only problem with that is the walls that we put up so that no one will hurt us, those walls isolate us from anybody else. And then we get mad because nobody loves us and nobody pays attention to us. And yet we self-walled ourselves in so that we don't get hurt again. Many of God's wounded warriors are hurt because of the failure of a minister or spiritual leader. And they become disillusioned by this and they turn away And they're hurt, and they feel abandoned. And some of these wounded warriors are the result of failed expectation towards God. They've prayed, they've believed, and yet it seemed that God did not hear, or God did not choose to answer those prayers as they prayed. And in their moment of disappointment, an unhealthy sorrow, Grief crept into their lives and began wreaking havoc on their mental, physical, and spiritual health. Some of these wounded warriors are those that once burned brightly for Jesus, but something along the way caused that light to dim or go completely burn out. And oftentimes it's burnout, and it's physical, mental, or spiritual. I, physical burnout I think we all can understand. You know, we just go, we burn the candle at both ends and sometimes in the middle. I've been there, I know. And, 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 and it, it's self-inflicted because we, we never learn to put boundaries. We never learn to say no um, uh, to everything that comes along. We feel like we have to do it. Uh, Jesus pointed something out, and years ago, I learned this the hard way. I'm just being very transparent with you. I learned it the hard way, and that is, Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. And when he was dealing with me about it, he told me, he said, son, he said, you can fill every need, and the the moment you fill the previous need, there are 10 more waiting in line. And he said, you're no good to me. And you're no good to them if you can't learn to set boundaries and you can't learn to discipline your own personal life. In fact when I was in high school my senior year in high school I had an atheist uh, teacher and it was a it wasn't a discussion class it was an economics class but it really became a, a dialogue discussion class and he often set me up against the whole class because I was a Christian. I wore a button every single day with some other slogan on there about Jesus. And he was always, you know, and I was witnessing. I had my Bible. I mean, I was telling, I, I, I was just everywhere. I was telling everybody about Jesus. And and so he he called me out one time in class. And he, he after class, he said, I want to talk to you. And because um, I was getting ready to compete in a state fair in economics. And and one first place and but he said he said I love your project I didn't expect it to be the way you was because I did it on the Jesus movement <laughs> and how that impacted the world and he was like okay that's different and um, but he said he said he said you have been my favorite student this year he said but you you worry me I said why I said, because you might come to Jesus? <laughs> and he said, no. He said, it's not that. He said, it's, it's as if you have a Messiah complex. I said, thank you. And he said, he said, but I'm concerned. I said, why? He said, because he said, it's like, can you keep going at that pace? And of course, when you're young, baby, let me burn out for Jesus. Can I tell you, I did in the next year. And I actually had to leave Bible college for a semester because I was burning the candle at every end. And I'm just telling you this because we must learn the difference between compassion and having a Messiah complex that says that we can't stop, we can't set boundaries, we can't say no from time to time uh, because we've got to save the whole world. I had a speaker one time, I won't mention his name, he's a national speaker, but he, he said, pastor, if you ever think that your the world can't, your church can't survive without you, he said, let me help you out. He said, one day you're going to die. They're going to put you in a box. They're going to dig a hole six feet deep, throw dirt in your face and go back to the church and eat potato salad and talk, (laughs) and talk about what a great man he was. And I was like, I don't know about you. I was like, I was like, "Dude, I mean, get you talk about smack right between the eyes," and 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 please understand my heart about this, because there are eighteen hundred pastors every month in the United States who quit the ministry, and it's many times it's because they didn't learn to set boundaries. Uh, The result comes from a self-fulfilling prophecy that says we can get awfully thirsty giving other people water and anyone who's in full time ministry understands this and and you don't have to be in full time ministry but I'm I'm talking to you from my perspective because you can you can do the same thing being the president of your company or the foreman on your job or whatever where you you're just going blazes for Jesus and and your family's falling to the wayside and your personal life is falling to the wayside and all of that and I'm just telling you you, you can you could say well i'm bringing water to Jesus, to people who are thirsty but when do you get water when do you draw from the well of salvation and 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 so and i've seen this in ministry i've been on both sides of it that i felt that i had to be on call 24/7 all the time and 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 because it's my job. It's, it, it be, you know what? When it goes from being a service and a privilege to a job, that's when something's gone out of kilter. And, and, and I found that ministers oftentimes, people have expectations that you're supposed to be there for me when I need you. And this is what's wrong with the American model of the church that we're wanting to change here in Life Church because you are called to minister. You are all called to be ministers of reconciliation is what the Bible says. You have been saved and reconciled to God that you might be reconciled to not only God, but that you can take that word and let others be reconciled. And, and, but so many people see, let's hire the pastor or hire someone and they'll do our job for us. And the minister can fall in the trap of feeling like they have to be there always. And the people look at them and go, well, he or she, they must have like a spiritual artesian well that just constantly flows. My friends, I can tell you that's not so. And you can get to the place to where you're dying of thirst, giving water out to other people. And what happens? That kind of thirst can lead to disappointment, Bitterness, burnout, and even depression. And the caregiver ends up needing to be cared for. But whose job is that when that pastor falls in that place? There's a phrase that we often use in the ministry, and you may have heard it, but if you haven't, I'll tell it to you. And that, and that is that the church tends to shoot their wounded rather than bring healing. And oftentimes it refers to the minister or spiritual leader who has burned out, who is so thirsty from giving, 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 that they've acted out in such a way that it becomes a dark spot or a blemish on the church's reputation. And so the people go, we need to get rid of them, or we need to remove them. Now you're probably sitting there, because I'm watching your faces. I wish you could see your faces. I keep on and put a camera up at that end so you can see your faces once in a while. Because some of you are very serious, and I appreciate that. Some of you are looking at me like, where is this going? I have no clue. Well, does it have a point? Yes and and I'm getting to it and and it's a good one listen to me cuz some of you're looking at me like are you getting ready to leave no it's to resolve that i I told I've, I've said I'm not leaving unless God says leave or you if i show up one day and you hauls out in front of my house and i didn't call it then i figured you've made that determination you know but I want to tell you something. While while we may point our fingers at the one who failed, and while we may throw them out like garbage or remove them and cut them off like a cancer, God doesn't give up on them. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, look what it says. Brothers, if a man can I change that to when a person? When a person is caught in any transgression, that means they're taken in by any fault. Anybody here have a fault? Yeah. Okay, but look what it says. "If it Be caught in any transgression. You who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, yourselves, watching yourselves, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The word restore means to repair or adjust. And it is the picture of a doctor who is setting a broken bone. Okay? I mean, now... The first time i ever broke a bone i was in seventh grade playing football and when i got up from tackling the guy my little finger was hanging down here it was totally except for one little spot right there it was completely broken off my hand but there was one little part of that bone that was completely bent in half and it was just hanging down and so the coach uh goes tells the head coach and we had one of those head coaches like Suck it up and get in there, boy. You know, and I said, I, and the coach said, I think he needs to sit out for a while. So I sat on the sidelines for like an hour and a half, with my finger just dangling. I could wait, do like this, and it would just flop around. And and um, the coach finally comes over there and said, Zanini, you ready to quit crying like a baby, or are you ready to get in there and play football? I said, Well, I guess I can. And the coach saw my finger flopping around. He said. Why did somebody tell me his finger was broke? I said, it's broke? I didn't know it was broke. I never broke a bone. I lived on a military base, so they took us to the military hospital, military doctors. They had the John Wayne kind of mindset. You know, they said, well, we're gonna yank it out of there. You know, that kind of thing, you know I mean? There's no bedside manner. They don't teach him that in the military, you know? And so that doctor said, oh, well, we're going to have to pull that finger and bring it back around like that. I said, okay. And he pulled out like a fountain pen. They used to have fountain pens. People, some of you young people don't know what I'm talking about. They had that little pointy thing. But you used to have to put them in an ink well and pull it up and it would draw that ink up. And those things were about that big around like a Mont Blanc pen, you know, they were big. And that guy stuck that thing. He said, I'm going to put it right here. And he said, I'm just going to pull like this. And he pulled, but he didn't. He didn't explain it first, so he said, I'm just going to pull. Like In three seconds, I was on that side of the gurney where he was standing, and he looked at me and said, what are you doing over here? I said, you pulled that thing. He said, I got to pull it to put it back in place. He said, get back on the other side of the gurney and stay there. Well, now I knew what was coming. <laughs> I was like, can't you knock me out first? And he goes, No. And bam, he snapped that thing off. And he said, now we can put it back together. And that was the first broken bone I had. I broke many other bones after that. And, uh, but, but that was not what this is talking about. This is not a doctor using care to adjust or repair, but with compassion. He had no compa- He was like, man, I got 14 other patients sitting out in the hall. Boom, like that, you know. I'm just telling you we should restore with compassion and grace because it could be us that is needing to be receiving the healing. And if we're not careful, those that criticize and point their fingers are apt to also fall and many times do in the very same area and it has an an incredibly negative impact on the church of Jesus Christ And here's here's a key. I don't know where that came from. The church of Jesus Christ is called to bring reconciliation, restoration to the world, and that includes God's wounded warriors. Don't forget this because this is the message, God's wounded warriors. I want to go back to Luke 7, 47. It says, therefore, Jesus said, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But it goes on and says, But those who have forgive, been forgiven little will love little. But what he's really focusing on is those who have been forgiven much, greatly. They're going to love much and they're going to love greatly. And a person who's been forgiven that much, especially those who once knew Christ, who have fallen away and then are restored, this is how the Holy Spirit spoke it to me. He said, He said, When I restore a brother, brother or sister who's fallen away from me. He said, brother, they're going to have the eye of the tiger. I figured I'd get an amen from an LSU fan or somebody, you know, or an Auburn fan or somebody. I don't know. And I said, Lord, what is, I mean, I know from the movie and I know the song, I have the tiger. All So I said, but is there a meaning to that? I looked it up. There is. You know what it means? Being laser focused on achieving a singular goal. A person who walked with God, who's been hurt, damaged, bruised, whatever, who's walked away, but God goes after him and God restores them, he, they're going to have the eye of the tiger in a spiritual sense. They're going to be so laser focused on the mission of reconciliation to the people all around them. If you don't believe that, look what the Apostle Paul said to the Philippian church. He said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Notice this part. He's saying forgetting what is behind. And that's what God is getting ready to do. He's he, God is going to restore wounded warriors. And it's like they're going to be able to say, once I was lost, then I was found, and then I was lost, but I found my way again, and I ain't never 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 going back again it reminds me of the story of the little boy i remember my pastor telling this many many years ago when i was maybe 21 years old and i've never forgot the story about the little boy built a, a model wooden ship and then he took it down to the lake to put it out on the water to let it flow and it floated and he was so proud of it but suddenly a current caught it and the boat begins to move away and he tries to go and get it but the water gets too deep and it goes over his head and he can't get to his boat and he's watching the boat as it's going out of sight gets caught in the current and it's being moved across the lake and he doesn't know where it's going he searched the banks of that lake all day long never could find his boat and one day he's passing by the local Hardware store, the toy store kind of thing, you know, in a little town, and there, in the window, is his boat. Somebody's found it and cleaned it up and put it up for sale. So the little boy goes inside the store and he tells the owner, "That's my boat. I built it. I built it." And he said, "Please give it to me. I lost it out on the lake last week." And he said, "Please give it." And the, the guy that owns the place says, "Look, son, I don't know that you built that. You you may be just trying to con me out of that." And he said. It's for sale. You can buy it. He said, I don't have any money. He said, but that's the only way you're going to get it is if you buy it. And so the little boy goes out and this may not make sense to you, but when we were kids, we used to collect bottles, you know, pop bottles, and we'd go take them to the store and you'd get a nickel for some, three cents for some, a penny for others. But he went out collecting bottles and he went and got the money. And finally he comes in with all these coins and a few dollars and he puts them on the counter and asks the man. He said, count it out. He said, I'm, I got the money to buy that boat. <clears throat> and the man counts it out, and it's all there. And he, hands, he goes to the window and pulls the boat out and hands it to the little boy. The little boy puts his arms around that boat. And he was heard as he walked out of the store. He said, you are now twice mine. He said, I made you, and I bought you. You are mine. And I'm just telling you, Jesus did the same thing for us. He made us, <clears throat> and then we were lost. And so he came and paid the price for us, and he purchased us by giving his life on the cross. And now risen from the dead, he is saying to those who believe in him, you are twice mine. You, what love, the Bible says, John wrote in his letter, his, in his last letter, he said, what love the Father has lavished upon us that we might be called the children of God. What love motivates. In in, in John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus, remember he's dead four days. They had warned Jesus ahead of time to come because he was sick. Jesus waited four days, he shows up. The sisters come out and go, if you'd been here earlier, our brother would not have died. And Jesus said, do you believe in me? I am the resurrection and the life. And they said, yes. They said, "Tell us to where he is. And they take him up on the mount uh, t- towards the grave. And, and he tells them to roll away the stuff. You know the story. And, and um, he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And uh, I don't remember, I think it was Dr. Lester Summerall many years ago when I was a teen. I heard him say, he said, the reason he called his name is because if he had just yelled, come forth, every dead body would have come forth. And the Bible says he, he came wrapped in the burial garments, hop, 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 up to the end. And uh, he says, unwrap them and get him something to eat. How many of you think that Lazarus just went back to the normal routine he lived before that? No way. Come on four days dead, everything he saw and heard on the other side, and the day after he's going, what's for dinner? I'm telling you his life has been changed why he's been restored his life was completely gone dead and now he's got new life god life inside of him and he he can't be quiet he, he his house was on the way to the city of Jerusalem, was nearby. And he's saying, I have no doubt he probably put a flashing sign out front, you know, somebody out there going, come this way, hear the story, how Jesus raised me from the dead. I mean, okay, you don't believe it that, that's fine. But I just don't think he sat in his house just going, boy, I wonder what we could do today. I think his life was totally changed because what was dead is now alive. See, the gospel tells us that Jesus came to he- save, deliver, redeem, and restore. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Holy Spirit had me go back reading in, in the book of Ezekiel again. And when I got to the chapter about the de- with the desert of dry bones, um, He had me focusing on that. I said, Lord, I've preached on this so many times. What is it you want to show me? He goes, well, if you be quiet and look, I'll show you. Does the Lord ever talk to you like that? Because you know when we're arguing and making reasonings in our own mind, you can't hear God. And so I said, Lord, I said, let me be quiet. You, You obviously got me in here. What is it you want to show me? And so he I didn't know anything about this message today, but it fits. And this is why he was wanting to show it to me a few weeks ago. And so he, he, he transports the prophet Ezekiel there to this, and he sees a desert filled with dead bo- dead men's bones everywhere. It's just dried, bleached-out bones. That's all there is. I mean, there ain't even... There, there, there's no vultures or nothing, because there ain't nothing to pick. It's just bones. And he asked, he asked the prophet, can these... Can these bones live again? And 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 the prophet answered like most of us would. Lord, you know, (laughs) like I ain't going out on a limb and say anything. Lord, you know they can live again. That's up to you. And so God responds to Ezekiel's weak answer. And look what He says at beginning of verse eight. He said, Then He said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones. Notice He didn't say wet bones. He didn't say bones with meat on it. I mean, they're dry, bleached, parched. He said, prophesy to these bones and let them say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I feel like God is saying that to his church. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. I saw something I'd never seen before. Maybe just because I'm slow. I don't know. Maybe you've, you've seen it. So be patient with pastor. Okay. But. The restoration here was in the exact opposite of how a body would decompose. Because a body that dies in the desert, the first thing that's going to begin decomposing is the skin. And then the flesh is going to get eaten up and dry up. And then the tendons and sinews and stuff that are underneath, muscles, they're going to go. Right? Am I right? I mean, it makes sense, right? Right? Okay, so but look what God says. He says this is how I'm going to do it. He said I'm. He said I'm going to put tendons on them, and then I'm going to put flesh on them, and then I'm going to put skin on them. And when I well, started reading it, I said, Lord, what are you trying to say? This going to Houston. Holy Spirit speaking to me about this. And He said, He said the tendons. He said, I'm going to begin in the spirit, in restoring these wounded warriors. He said, and then I'm going to go to the flesh, that's the heart. He said, and then I'm going to go to their lives. He said, and, and, and I, I know that sounds really weird. And he said, but he said, I want you to begin to proclaim, come forth, army of God, bring forth the wounded warriors. And in that moment, I saw in my mind, I people that I know, people that I've known that once walked with God, who are away from God, no longer in ministry, some of them coming back to God. And they were wounded by many means. And listen to me, this is how the wound starts. It starts with some outward action. Somebody does something, doesn't do something, says something, doesn't say something. We're we're offended on the outside. We're offended. And then what happens? It goes down into the heart. If we're not careful, it gets into our heart. It gets into our mind, our will, our emotions, and all of a sudden, well, they're going to treat me like that, who they think they are. And then the next thing you know, guess what? It causes you to fall away in your spirit. begins to fall away, and it gets down, and it poisons you, and it will cause you to die. I'm just telling you. And so God began to speak to me and say, the restoration must begin in the spirit. That means that they have to be open to let me work down deep in the spirit, their spirit. If they won't let me work in there, I cannot do it. And somebody said, well, God can do anything. Jesus said he could not do anything. Great work in his hometown because of their unbelief. And God said, he said, spirit wise, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to first let me, they're gonna have to bring down the walls, they're gonna have to say, here it is God, I'm there, use me, and then God said, then they're gonna have to release the pain, and release the hurt, and release everything they're holding on to that's in their heart. And that's, God says, I'll restore the spirit, then I'll restore their heart, which is the flesh, He said, and then I'll bring full restoration to their whole lives. And that's the skin put on. God spoke to my heart this past week and said that he's raising up an army of wounded warriors. You say, why? Because those who once knew the ways of spiritual battle Those who were once on the front line of spiritual warfare, those that once led the charge for the cause of Christ, they are future leaders in the coming move of God on planet Earth. Why? Because their restoration will enable them to be put into key positions after their restoration because they're not like a boot camp soldier who doesn't know anything. How many of you follow following what I'm saying? When someone goes off to boot camp, they, they strip them down. They, they ripped them down because they, they don't have any clue what it means to be a soldier. Right? And then they, once they've done that, they build them up so that they can function. When someone has the skills and has had the ability and has the experience, but they've been wounded and they've walked away and they're carrying that hurt, God says, I can restore them if they'll let me do it, and that which I have already, they've experienced, and that which they know, I can use and put them into place almost immediately. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about skipping restoration because that's a process, but I'm just saying you can put someone who knows how to use it. Listen, just, if this offends you, I'm sorry. But again, I'm using the boot camp thing. If if you've never stripped a rifle down and put one back together, it's going to take you a while. But if you've known how to do that, guess what? You, you You get it back a whole lot quicker than a person who's never done it before. And once they finish got that, allowing God to restore them on the inside, they know the basics. They know the advanced ways of God. Many of them have been used at times in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And listen, just because a person falls away from the Lord, the gifts do not, dis- they're not gone because the Bible says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They're just not there, and they're not, or they're, they're not being used. But when they come back, those gifts are there. And if they've been used in that area before, God's gonna be able to begin to use them quicker than someone who's never been used in that area. God is going to return and place former wounded warriors into positions that will strengthen the kingdom of God here on earth. So I'm getting ready to close. But yesterday, the, as near the end of service, as I was coming home, the Holy Spirit gave me two warnings. Actually, it's one thing with two parts. And I'm going to quickly go through this. He said, let them know. I'm about to restore wounded warriors in the body of Christ. How many of you, again, know somebody who's who's not walking with the Lord, is away from God, was once walking with God, used by God, and and, and they're just out there. They're carrying that hurt. They're carrying that mess in their lives. God said, I'm about to restore them. He's, He's asking us, do you believe these dry bones can live? It was almost like God was saying, do you believe I can use the walking dead? Because they're walking around. They once had life in them, but the life has been been put out. He said, do you believe that I can do this? Man, I'm telling you, I had chills go down my spine. I got them going right down my, my arms right now. I can feel it. And he said, do you believe it? I will do it. But he said, listen, he said, there's one warning and there's twofold, There's a twofold part to it. Let me get to it real quick. And the first one is this, that the body of Christ needs to be aware that Satan and the kingdom of darkness has a target on the back of those who are wreaking havoc or mayhem in the plans of the devil. In other words, the kingdom of God, this is... The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. In other words, the the devil is not playing a game. he's, he's, He's not playing to lose. And we must understand that. In fact, Peter wrote to the church and he said, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. The word alert means watchful, vigilant, to keep awake. Most of the church is like this. I remember years ago, I heard the president of our Bible school tell him, he said, the devil puts puts one little demon on every church and says, let me know if they wake up. Oh, they going through their stuff and doing their stuff, but they're no threat to the kingdom of darkness. How many of you know we weren't called to be spectators? We're called to be warriors for the kingdom of God. And he said, if we do not keep awake, if we do not realize the failure to do so may cause you to become a statistic, one that once walked with God but now has fallen away, and you become a wounded warrior. Warn them, be vigilant, be alert, don't drop your guard. And the second thing, and this is the more important one. He said, do not be the cause of creating disruptions, splits, divisions, rifts, or breakups within God's church that ends up with wounding warriors. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm just telling you. I, I, I wish I could tell you the the severeness of how I felt when he spoke that to me, driving through Baytown, Texas, yesterday on the interstate. And it's like it, he just dropped that in me. He said, "Warn them. Do not." be used of the enemy in that way. And I looked it up in scripture because this scripture came to mind. And there's one in Mark 9:42 and Matthew 18 and six. I'm gonna put Matthew 18 and six up, but they're virtually identical. And look what it says. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble. I don't know where or what... But, and, and when I remember reading that for the first time, I thought he was talking about the little children. And, and he, he does talk about the little children, you know. But he, he clarifies this and says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble. Paul writes and says, all things... I'm able to do all things. He said, but not all things are, are profitable for me to do because if I do them, it could cause a brother who's just come to Christ not understand and cause them to stumble. So he says in maturity, he said, I know, Paul was saying, I know that meat offered to idols is nothing, it's just meat. And I could thank God and I could eat it. He said, but a brother who's maybe been delivered from the religion that knew this meat was offered to idols, he said, if I do that, it might cause them to fall. And so he said, I refrain from doing so so that I don't become a stumbling block to my brother. That's what maturity does. We, we, we too many times, American Christians are looking for an escape cause. Like in serving God that says, I can do this, or I can go here, I can, I can drink this, or I can eat this, or I can do whatever. And because I, I am a, I'm free, I'm saved. But guess what? Those around you may not know who you are, what you are, or where you are, and they may deem that that's okay for them to do. And that's why the Bible says, avoid all appearance of evil. The appearance of it. Run from it. Get away from it. And so he's saying here, he said, if, if anyone causes one of those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. And so I'm going to kind of close out with this statement here. Do not allow the enemy of God's church to use you as a tool to create wounded warriors and the kingdom of God. And what do, I, what do I mean by that? Just exactly what I said. Now, let's just get right down to brass tacks, then we're going to pray, okay? We're all human. Look at your neighbor go, yeah, he's talking to you. <laughs> we're all human, right? Regardless of what the non-gender crowd may say. We are all human. I'm not going to apologize for saying that. And being human means that all of us, at one time or another, are going to succumb to human emotion. Some of you may have on the way to church this morning. Be quiet. Talk to me like that. Don't look at me like that. Be quiet back there in the car. Then we drive on the parking lot.
1: Praise the Lord. Glory.
4: And you bring them devils into the church. I pray almost every Sunday, God put angels at the end of the driveway that those demonic spirits that are hanging on cars and in those cars when they drive on the lot, show that sword of fire and run those devils off. You think I'm kidding. I'd rather have them out on Johnson Street than in here. But if they come in here, I know what to do with them. Cast them out. I'm I'm being serious. We all succumb to human emotions. The best of us do. There ain't no best. when it happens though here's the here's the key when it happens quickly address it by asking for forgiveness and let the restoration grace of God work its work in your lives husbands wives Recognize it. Don't say, well, I'll take care of that later. Meantime, it's festering over here and it's festering over here. Quickly go and make it right. Don't make excuses. Don't justify or defend your actions or words. Don't leave it unsettled. And don't run away from it. Be mature and show the character of Jesus in the forgiving and restoration process. And when you do that, guess what happens? You are in essence declaring to the kingdom of darkness I will not be counted as the cause nor be counted as a former warrior in God's kingdom I will not be the instrument used by you to bring division and cause wounded warriors to walk out of the church I am a warrior of God and devil you picked on the wrong person you say why is that so important Because hurting people hurt people. Jerry, can you put that over there, please? Hurting people hurt people. It's just that easy. They're wounded. They're like, I'm not going down by myself. I'm gonna wound somebody else and wound somebody else. And then it begins to spread like a cancer you have offense towards someone right now I have a word for you so many people in the church are going pastor give me a word give me a word give me a word well, I'm going to give you a word Ephesians 4:26, 27 and do not sin by letting anger control you don't let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold Oh, I was wanting something more uplifting. Can I tell you? It's time to slam the door on the devil's foot. It's time to kick him out. Dr. Dennis in that video talked about it. You've gotten in a strained relationship with a child. You call him and say, Hey, I haven't been the best dad or the best mom or the best person. That we possibly have a second, start over and have a second chance. And immediately our, our inside goes, I didn't do it. Let them call. Who's the mature one? We must understand that we are in a spiritual war. And our enemy does not declare timeouts holidays or ceasefires therefore we must remain focused on the goal that we read earlier and i'm going to put it back up on the screen again and i want us to read this together and then we're going to pray would you read this with me out loud right now brothers and sisters i do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Wait a minute, let's do that again. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Say that part again. Forgetting what is behind. Forget it. Let it go. Forget it. Let it go. When you start inserting self and demanding something towards you you've made it about you and mature believers it's not about us we cannot say your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven when we're making it about us we have to say let it go forgetting the past forgetting All of that, we've got to say, God, I open myself. I see myself as dry, bleached bones in the desert. I'm tired of putting on the facade. I'm tired of pretending when I come to church. I'm tired of pretending around my brothers and sisters. God, I want life again. I want to be restored. And that's the only way that God and the Holy Spirit are going to be able to do it. It's the only way. I want us to have prayer in two two areas. One, I'm talking about God's wounded warriors, but you may be sitting here and you have never surrendered your life to Christ Jesus stands with his arms wide open and saying come to me bring me all your heavy burdens and your cares your disappointments and everything bring them to me and I will take them from you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light the Bible says you've got to recognize Made to carry those things on your own. God so loved the world that He sent His Son that He might go to the cross and carry your sins and everything else that's up there that you're carrying. And He's He put it on Jesus. But it does no good if you don't accept Him, you don't receive Him. Most of you I know, some of you I don't know, and you may be here and say, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus, but Pastor tired of carrying this weight that I'm carrying I'm tired I want to I wanna ask Jesus to come into my life and if that's you I'm just going to ask you to very boldly just raise your hand and say pray with me Pastor Bob I'm looking, I don't know everyone but I want to make sure that you have that opportunity anyone at all there may be someone watching by way of the internet but we're going to pray right now I believe that if you that's you that you'll pray with this it's a very simple prayer right now your God in heaven I come to you in the name of your son Jesus and I ask for forgiveness of my sins I believe that you sent your son into this world he lived a life without sin he was crucified on a cross died. He was buried in a tomb for three days, but you raised him to life. And now he sits on your right hand, interceding for those who belong to him. Dear Jesus, I surrender all. Come into my life. says may be sitting here and say pastor I'm hurting on the inside and I'm tired of hurting like this grieving I'm I'm tired I just want to let it go and God said I'll do it if you you let me he will not force himself on you I almost wish sometimes God would just take my arm and drag me to the front you know but no he is not going to do it to say, if you'll come, I'll relieve you of that, all the hurt and the pain that's just poison in your system, and if you leave it there, you'll become like those dry, bleached out bones that Ezekiel had So I'm going to, I'm just going to say right now, if you know someone, you specifically are thinking of at least one person. short, my friends. The time is short. And God needs an army. An army of warriors. Those who are trained for battle. Those who have seen the victories. Who have seen the miracles. Who have seen the strength of God's right arm on their protection, on their behalf. He needs them. And yes, he's calling new ones. And he's training them up. But what could happen if an army showed up and suddenly dry bones began rattling and flesh began to come on those bones and muscle and, and, and everything else and then skin and then breath. God's not going to raise them up without a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost inside of them. There's going to be the Ruach of God, the, the breath of God, the wind of God inside of I want you right now Begin to pray I want you to call out Ezekiel prophesied Of those dry bones I want you to call out Their names right now I want you to say It's time to come alive It's time to be raised up It's time for the walls To come down It's time to let God's newness of life Come into you Raise up the army Oh God Raise up the warriors Bring them home, God. I'm telling you, there's warriors out there that have fallen, have been cast aside, and and the church has been largely responsible for much of it. We need to repent, God, we repent. If we've done anything that's caused someone to turn away from you, show us, Lord. We ask for forgiveness, we ask for forgiveness, Lord. Holy Ghost, come. Breathe afresh upon them, Lord. Stir. Stir inside them right now. There's a thirst that goes beyond thirsty. God, the things that they're trying to use to satisfy their thirst. Let them come to the realization that nothing will satisfy it except you, Jesus. Nothing will satisfy it. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. This is desperate times. This is desperate times but God is saying I'm going to raise up a warrior army if you'll cry out to me if you'll stand in the gap if you'll pray and seek me and call their names I'm working in their lives already mighty God mighty God mighty God mighty mm. God Draw them back, Lord. Draw them back, Lord. Let them taste once again that which they had a taste of. Let them be reminded of what they once knew. Bring to reminding, remembrance, Lord. Bring to remembrance that which they once knew. respond, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender to you, Lord. home warriors for God's kingdom tested tried victorious and now fallen come home come
1: home Come home, Adikah.
0: Come home.
4: in arms let my love flow through you even as my love is towards you let my love flow through you you be the extension of my arms and wrapped around them see them as I see them I have received you know that I can do above all things more than you could ever ask or think and when you see it happen do
1: not be surprised
4: do not be surprised that we thank you. We just thank you. There have been times you could have cast us aside. You could have cast me aside and said, I'm done with that, boy. I'm tired of dealing with that mess. But God, I thank you that your mercies are fresh and new every day. Your compassions, they never fail. Oh, God, teach us Not to shoot our wounded, but to have compassion and restore, restore. you need physical touch in your body right now? Anyone? You do, brother. Stand right there. You do. I know. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Who else? Anybody else? Come on. If you need a physical touch, why don't you come stand? Come stand out here a little bit. There you go. Church, this is your opportunity come and minister to them right now but I want you to come with the confidence that God hears you God's word is true and that he will use you to lay hands upon them and just pray right now in Jesus name I want you to come right now come on those of you who know what I'm talking what I just said come on come on come on there's plenty up here I don't care how old or young you are you can pray right now if, there's, if it's a spoken need, they can tell you. If it's an unspoken need, just let it be an unspoken request. But you right now as the church, the rest of you just stretch your hands towards these that are standing here. The Bible says if there be any sick in the church, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And that if there be any sin, it shall be forgiven, and that the prayer of faith shall raise the sick. So right now we're praying in Jesus' name, for by His stripes we are healed. God, you said, "What? Whenever two or three agree together in Your name, that it shall be done, that the glory might go to You." So we pray for you right now. We pray for them right now, Jesus. We praise right now, Jesus. Right now. All infirmity, all affliction, all infection. God, in Jesus' name right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. Full healing. Full healing. And health. Health. We speak health. Right now in Jesus' name. And Jesus, Kurama Sikata Nakosata, Nana Hassaya, Lali, Kosane, Hesiko, Narato Kosane, Estero, Nane, oh, karai Yishu Kurana, Nana de la Soconda oh, she. Hakata, nene so korita, nene kota tasu. Indo katai, isande mehe kota haro. Tia to, tia to, tia to. Kan ketete hakata, Sho hakata. Tete mau di Nana so. Mighty God Oh Huh Oh, oh. <laughs> I see order I see order being restored I see things be being put in place and rearranged Bora be Yah Tala kah Hara hala ko la kah Oh shata la ka ta Hallelujah 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 Holama ka sata la ka And And there be some who you might ask or wonder How is it that you can pray in tongues over somebody? Well, when the anointing comes, you just do what the anointing tells you to do. But the Bible is very clear that when we do not know how to pray, that the Spirit of God inside of us who searches the heart and mind of the Father knows how to pray. And when He begins to pray through you, you let Him pray through you, knowing that He is praying according to the will of God. The perfect will of God. Peace come on her right now, Lord. The peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Jesus. Jesus' name. Reveal yourself to our Lord. Reveal yourself to her, Lord. Oh. It's, it's God's desire to show His the strength of His right arm on behalf of His people. It's God's desire. It's God's desire. It's God's desire. Father, we pray for this jaw right now in the name of Jesus. All infection be gone. All all infection be gone from every gland that's not, every bit of it right now. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn it out right now. How many of you are ready to be warriors for God? Five of you, okay. Let me preach this message I got up here. No. <laughs> How many of you are ready to be warriors for God? See, warriors go on the front lines. Warriors don't go in the back. They say, let me, let me Adam, let me get up there. Let me, let me get, get out of the way. Let me get up there, you know. And and I'm just telling you, God's wanting to turn his church from, from being wimpy saints to mighty warriors. And every one of us can be used in a powerful way if we'll yield to him and let him do that. Father, I pray that this word be... has spoken spoken today the worship this morning even just the fellowship among the saints god that has been so great god let it encourage us and strengthen us holy spirit speak to us and remind us as throughout this day and if we wake up tomorrow and have breath in our lungs let us remind us to be tomorrow every moment that we are alive lord god that we are warriors with an assignment For the purpose and kingdom of God. And we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you.